Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's double feature is Johnny Mnemonic and Tank Girl. He's a big USB stick and she's a long drink of water. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. More, more important, are you guys excited that it finally feels like uh, theaters are winding back up? Oh, I don't know. I still haven't we, done one. We do not have that happening around here. We're in, in kind of the opposite situation. So. I was going to say, it's just like movie trailers and stuff have started pouring out again. Yeah. Our, uh, our, our premier issued an order this week, giving police the right to stop anyone randomly walking down the street and demand to know why they're not at home where they belong. So that's where we're at COVID wise. That seems a little excessive. Uh, our local police force is refusing to do it as are like 20 others in the province. So I'm just saying if you're, because if you're outside and you're not near anybody, the risk yeah. of infection is so low. I don't get why they would. That's what people are upset about. Is that like because they we had golf courses and shit open and like beaches and stuff. Not that people are really swimming at this point in the year, but and they shut all that down and people are like, that's where you want people to go. <laughs> that's you want everyone doing outdoor activities. You mm-hmm. don't want them all inside. So. Yeah, you start uh, start uh, busting down on stuff like that, and that's when they all start having meetings indoors where nobody can see them. Exactly. And that's right. where the problem is. Yeah, that's because we have a big university here, and we had like a couple of really sunny days. And the university's right across the street from the water, so the waterfront parks were just full of these, you know, nineteen to twenty-two year olds laying out in the sun and shit. And, they, everyone got upset and they put up big fences in the park and it's like well now they're all inside their houses and then they're all going to be drunker because they're indoors where nobody's stopping them from drinking and then they're all going to be much closer to each other because that's what happens when young people drink so yeah. good, good job way to be stupid Canada finally we get to say that and what's what's up with uh, Canada's vaccine rollout you guys are Nationally, we're doing all right. Our our particular province is. Are you? I just I just saw the numbers this morning, and we're way ahead of you, and our medical system blows. You guys are actually doing really well now on a global basis, though. If you compare vaccine rollout to other countries, you guys are doing well now. I wonder what the big factor is that changed somewhere around January. I don't know. Can't think of anything. Mm -hmm. It's almost like there was a big fat orange roadblock in the way of all the vaccine trucks. Listen, if we're going to talk about politics, then I'm 
we're going to talk about Canadian politics because we finally have a fun story about one of our politicians getting caught naked in his office. So I know. Nice. I saw that on John Oliver last night. Was it Trudeau? No, it was just some rando member of parliament that just went jogging and went back to his office and started changing in his office and didn't realize his Zoom camera was on or whatever. Oh. oh, that sucks. It sucks for him. And then somebody that's such released a, it. I, I was going to say, that's such a different thing. I, I heard naked on a Zoom call and I thought it was one of those things where he was on a Zoom call and stood up and like started changing his clothes or something weird like that. No. But but coming in from outside and your shit's just active for some reason, that's weird. Yeah. So and then I had, like uh, I like that they still had the most Canadian response to it ever. Which was what? Well the thing they showed on John Oliver, like whoever like one of the ladies who was like in charge that was on the call gave some sort of statement and she's just like you know, uh, state people should be properly aware of, you know, specific, like, you know, proper protocols. Um, we can see that he's obviously very fit and in shape. So she couldn't even chastise him without giving him some sort of compliment. <laughs> there was, there was one of them that brought up, like, you know, there is a dress code and it says that you're supposed to be wearing a jacket and tie. However, we also recommend a shirt and underpants when you're in the meetings. <laughs> so. uh, and then I, there's like the, the more serious side of people who are like, isn't it kind of illegal that somebody had released the naked photo of him to the press? And they're like, oh yeah, right. That might be a crime. So we have to deal with that part now. Well, and how did they start the Zoom call on his computer without him being in his office? I don't know how it works. Like, I don't... I'm assuming that there's some system where, like, when they start it, it automatically logs in and starts recording everybody so that all the official meetings yeah. are... Because it wasn't, like, some, like, side meeting. It was actually, like, their one of their primary meetings that they um, just start doing yeah. from their offices now. So I think he was... The same room. Yeah, he was supposed to be there for it, but I don't think he realized... Either he, like... Did the thing where you joined the the lobby for the call, but it hadn't started yet, and he started changing, or just I don't know, he didn't realize his camera was on or something. I kind of I kind of feel sorry for that guy. I I do too. I think I also think it's really funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's. Eh. If that's the worst thing going on in your politics, that's it's pretty good. You know what's not funny? Tank girl. Oh. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> well, no, it's since you love it. Noah's obviously like been missing the podcast. He's he's the one getting us on track this week. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, right. since you love you love it so much, Noah, why don't you tell us what Tank Girl is all about? Jesus fucking Christ. So it's a half-ass adaptation of a half-ass good comic book. Um, basically post-apocalyptic everybody's fighting over water there's an evil corporation and there's a trendy hipster fucking douchebag girl that goes up against the evil corporate conformists with her quirky non-conformist ways And and they fight and then there's kangaroo people 
and then she fu- it, she fucks one of those kangaroo people in the comic book. Mm. Well, she fucks him in the movie too. They just do it off camera. Yeah, they just they just hint at it. Apparently, there is actually a deleted scene of them laying in bed and that kangaroo dude with a giant ten inch prosthetic cock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And ap- some- appara- apparently MGM <laughs> was like, no, <laughs> no, no, oh, no. Was that frowned upon? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's it. So so we've got a movie with, as, as usual, Malcolm McDowell somehow got roped into this movie. And, and Malcolm McDowell yeah. is acting circles around everybody in a ridiculous role like he always does. Because that's that's his fucking job. His job you, is to- you. You say he got roped into this movie. Have you looked at his IMDb? Well, I, if I'm you ask say, him nice, by, by roped in, I meant they offered him a paycheck, and he said yes because that's yeah. what Dell does. Yeah, yeah like, totally. They were like, "We have this script," and he signed the contract. <laughs> he, did. he likes he, what he does. He, I heard an interview with him. Uh, around the time he did Silent Night, which was the Silent Night, Deadly Night remake, supposedly. And he literally he says, when he gets offered a movie, he's like, where are we filming? And if it's a place he's never been to, but has always wanted to, he'll sign on without even looking at what his role is. Yeah. yeah it's I just, once again, it's, it's so great, too, that he's such a, a trained and skilled actor that he can take a ridiculous role like this and just play it just so fucking straight just without blinking you know do you know what he is is he's the modern day um vincent price where there's just that inherent campiness to him even when he's playing roles straight that he blends in perfectly where he appears to be doing everything straight but he fits in perfectly in these ridiculous over-the-top campy movies <laughs> it's really fun to watch right yeah that's a good point and then we've got what's what's her face, Lori Petty, fucking sucking the air out of the goddamn room every second she's on fucking screen. I'm gonna disagree with you on that one. I I, I would disagree as well. Yeah, By far, no. Lori Petty's best work ever. Uh, that I I might agree with that. I but that doesn't I think that doesn't mean anything. It's Lori the, Petty. Look, it was the 90s, and they were trying to be quirky. And do they go over the top sometimes? Yeah, a little uh, too much singing for my taste. Here's the problem. That's not Lori Petty going over the top. That's Lori Petty playing Lori Petty in a movie. Like, that's all she does. She does the same thing in everything. She is quirky and awkward and maybe pseudo-autistic or something. I I don't know what the fun thing is. I I, I think she's delightful in this movie. I think she takes what she's given and she does it really well. She's sort of a prototype to, uh, like, a Harley Quinn. And it's just... I think she nails it. um, Uh, And I'm not, like, a Lori Petty fan. I don't love everything Lori Petty does, but I think mm -hmm. she really nails this role. She was, like, born to play it because she's kind of, like, can play off that sort of tough guy character, but she's also kind of quirky and fun and girly and it all works yeah, I, w- I would I mean, uh i would agree because rachel talley actually wanted her for this role really bad so that is kind of the whole aesthetic they were going for just she's supposed to be kind of obnoxious and crazy 
I think the aesthetic of this movie is part of the problem. So this movie, the weird thing is, so if somebody listed off all of the things about this movie to me, I would be like, yes, please. All all of that is just post post apocalyptic. And it's like weirdly stylistic and it's kangaroos tongue in cheek. Yeah. Kangaroo people, special effects. Fucking based off a comic book, right? All all this stuff sounds great, and then you put it all together, and it's like, oh, what the fuck? I don't know what the fuck anybody is doing in this fucking movie. Um, Brian, do you have any response to that? Because um, I think the movie is coming off exactly how they wanted it to. I know that they actually wanted to do more with it. Um, and well, the, the director pretty took... much disowned it. Well, the studio took it away from her. Is what I'm saying. Like. She wanted to do a lot more, and they she turned in a cut, and they were like, "Oh no!" And so then they like, you know, redid a bunch of stuff. <clears throat> the uh, I know the comic book makers were not very happy with it. They had to. Uh, they talked about the reason there's so much animated stuff in the movie is because they didn't film any of the like transition stuff that they needed to. So they're like, "Fuck it, let's just make up some animation to throw in there." Yeah. I think that worked. I liked that element of the film. Yeah, it didn't bother me. I think the animated stuff's probably the best part. And I know there's a whole bunch of, I guess the soundtrack got completely changed at some point for some reason. Was that Courtney Love in charge? Is she the music supervisor on this? I have no idea. You know, originally Courtney Love was supposed to play Jet Girl. Yeah. And her husband killed himself, so she's like, eh, I don't think I'm going to do anything for a while. Yeah, that happened. And so... There's there's a third character from the comic books that they just for some reason decided to completely edit out of this movie and that is Subgirl. Yep. Who I think is the redhead that they meet who's like you can use my yes. shop. Yeah. Yes, who is one of the Cusack uh, siblings. Right, right. And who they completely don't explain any of that. But that character was supposed to originally be played by Bjork. Mhm. <laughs> and, and I don't it would be hard for, if somebody if somebody said we're going to make this movie weirder than it is, you'd go, you can't fucking do that. And they'd say, they'd be like, we're putting Bjork in it. And you'd be like, oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) 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 Yeah. uh, Yeah. Apparently she was supposed to play a very integral part in the finale and they completely re-edited and reshot the finale. So the only scene of hers that was left is that one awkward scene where they meet her for like two minutes and then she's never heard from again. In, in the interest of fairness, like my my complaint about this movie would be that there's too much going on and that they should have cut down more. Like I think the movie's like an hour 45. If they got it down to like like a cool 90 minutes, I think I would have really liked it. So I think uh, I don't have a problem with them taking out characters. I know people who like the comic probably want to see the characters show up but I don't know other than it sounds like Noah I don't know anyone who's ever read a tank girl comic so it doesn't <laughs> that doesn't I mean, it was pretty it was one of the, it was like a flash in the pan thing it was really really popular in its time and then was, kind of everybody was like but, oh but wait this isn't as good as we thought it was and everybody walked away what was it was its time like shortly before this movie because it wasn't exactly yes. like a golden era for comics in the 90s right yeah, no, like it was, it was literally just before this movie came out. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, being a very popular comic by 1994 standards isn't really an accomplishment. 
months. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, my other complaint, I, who is this movie for? Fans of the comic? Well, I mean, like, what's the demographic for this? 12-year-olds? Uh, Ice-T uh, fans? I would say I would say this movie was made for, like, young high, younger high school students in the 90s, and it very much has that kind of quirky offbeat feel of like a, it's you know a comic book version of empire records almost you know what i mean and that's what exactly what they were going for um, sort of a rebel against everything and right yeah corporations and quirky and, and weird and we're going to talk funny and two yeah. girls kiss because it's controversial because it's still the 90s yeah there's also uh an outrageous amount of casual rape jokes in this movie. yeah I don't know. Like I said, it's just it's just strange to me because it's it's hard R whenever it comes to violence and that kind of stuff. I mean, we get to see people getting thrown underneath the wheels of semis and stuff, which is yeah. all fine and great. And then it's, it's, gotta get rid of that kangaroo penis, though. Yeah, it's hyper sexualized in dialogue and in. I, I don't know weird innuendo-y stuff, mm-hmm. but they stop short of any real sexual anything. I don't. I don't know. Like I said, I, I feel like it's a confused fucking mess. No, but again, I think it's it's in it's made for you know fourteen year olds who want to feel like they're watching something that is sexualized and has lots of violence and stuff. But they've also got to be able to get away with when the parents walk in the room and say, what are you watching? Oh, it's a comic book movie. And then the parents go, ugh, and walk out. So uh, also they walk that line. Oh, I think sorry. they do a pretty good go job ahead. of walking that line. Honestly, I think they like I wish I'd seen this movie when it came out rather than waiting however long it's been 30 years. And oh, <laughs> God. I think I would I would have liked this a lot more in the 90s, I think. Yeah, <laughs> nobody um, else did. <laughs> you, would have been, you would have been the only one. That's not shocking news to me. I'm the only one that likes something. No, whatever. Uh, so the director, Rachel Talley, she did the movie she did before this, which was her first movie, was uh, the last uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie, Freddy's Dead. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but apparently she worked. She, I mean, she'd done a lot of crew jobs and stuff. And apparently she worked a lot with John Waters, so that could sort of explain some of the weird campiness okay. and stuff. Well, that yeah. that explains the stylistic nature of it. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of John Waters' hallmark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, this movie would have been better if it had been directed by John Waters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't disagree with that. That's uh, it would be more interesting. There's no denying that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, like I said, so my pretty much my problem is the fact that just fucking Lori Petty's fucking. I I know you guys disagree with me. She's fucking terrible. She's fucking awful, and she's especially fucking awful in this. Everything that's Malcolm McDowell, I'm fine with. Even all the weird kangaroo shit, I'm kind of down with all the weird kangaroo shit. I, I really especially like kangaroo icy. people. Oh my god, Ice-T kangaroo, it's almost too fucking much. Every time he was on screen, I was like, Ice-T is a kangaroo. I'm good. I'm, I'm so good with all this. <laughs> what I liked about Ice-T as a kangaroo is that he just acted like Ice-T and almost was pretending that he didn't have kangaroo makeup on. 
which <laughs> for some reason I found very funny. I feel like, and I feel like everybody was doing that under the makeup. Like none of them were trying to act as if like, you know, cause you hear like in a planet of the apes movie, they, they send them all to like ape school. So they all act the same and all that. And it's like, no, it's just everybody just be yourself and the, you'll have kangaroo makeup on. And at some point we'll have a couple of lines of dialogue to explain why that is, but it's not important. We just want you to be in kangaroo makeup if you don't mind. Holy crap, Rachel Talley does a shit ton of uh, TV directing now. Yeah. She's directed an episode of DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Superman and Lois, Riverdale, uh, American Gods. She did an episode of Doom Patrol, uh, episodes of The Flash, Supergirl, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, a bunch of Doctor Who. Sounds like she is, uh, she is firmly genre. Yeah. It sounds like, according to the way Kevin Smith describes it, is that people just like having her around. TV directors don't actually have yeah. to do anything. So. Also true. <laughs> so she probably just brings good snacks or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, for a first time watch for me, because this is the first time I've ever watched it, I actually kind of enjoyed it just because I liked how just weird and kind of funky it was. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be like my favorite movie of all time or anything, but it did very much sort of lend me some nostalgia of the late 90s of the type of shit people were putting out. And it was that weird. There was that weird run in the 90s where they were like, we're going to adapt comic books to movies. And everybody was like, oh, sweet superheroes. And they go, no, 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 not not those. Oh, you mean like the good comic books? No, 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 not not those. No, no. The weird fringe comic books that no one pays attention to. We're going to do that. Are you sure? Yeah, we're going to do the crow right now. And they did the crow and everybody was like, oh, that was pretty good. And they're like, damn right, tank girl. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> Those aren't the same. It was an interesting period for comic book movies because they're, you're right. There's a lot of these ones. coming. I remember there'd be ones coming out and you, nobody had any idea that they were based on comic books. And mm. it, it's just right. it, it was just the 90s, man. It was a way of getting like a proper an existing property on screen without paying for a lot, a lot for the licensing. And stuff. Agreed. It is, you know, like that mid part of the 90s is sort of like an interesting time frame for all of pop culture. Because you had like like you had Batman 89 kicked off like superheroes. And then by the mid 90s, they were just like, ah, just do whatever you can find. It's it'll be OK. Right. And then you had sort of like all the music from that era, some of which I actually enjoy. But a lot of it is like these kids that grew up on grunge. But then they now they've been filtered through like a system. So they're still out there in their black bands with people who sing like this. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just this weird era where it's like everybody's kind of just mimicking the good stuff that came out in the very early part of the 90s <laughs> and they're just like okay well we liked it a few years ago Let's just keep doing that nobody wants to have a new idea it's not like if we look around at what's actually selling right now we have to make it like a spice girls movie and they're like oh we did that shit like, so it's just... <laughs> which just... apparently a bunch of the spice girls tried out for this movie and they didn't get it oh really it's before they were the spice girls oh i i 
I have a shockingly low knowledge of the Spice Girls movie careers. Well, I was just I was reading the trivia on IMDb. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, yeah, three of the Spice Girls before they were the Spice Girls tried out for this movie and met. And then when the the, the ad went up for a girl group, they all went to the audition like, oh hey, I know you. We all tried out for that movie that we didn't get. So, so I just typed into Google. 90s comic book movies and it split it into two categories so up top you have like all the batman movies and stuff in the second category it just started listed off tank girl dark man judge dread fucking the guyver star kids oh the guyver oh my god fuck it is there a guyver two men in there black well? barbed wire <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really funny like like you guys remember when barbed wire they actually made that i went like, into theaters oh, the i went to the theater and saw thinking? it yeah do you, do you remember that people were expecting it to be good for some reason yeah i don't know why i don't i don't remember that element of it at all to be honest but. i i just remember people were stoked they're like pamela anderson's gonna be the lead i was like what the fuck does that mean? Like how it like <laughs> it means that, that person was hoping she was gonna get naked in the movie. That's what I'm saying. I was like, yeah, she's got nice boobs. Watch an episode of Baywatch. She's not a good <laughs> actress. How dare you be smirched, Pamela Anderson's memory like that? Memory? Is she dead? Oh, but <laughs> her career is. <laughs> Well, when your entire career is based on your looks, it has a shelf life. And if you can't figure yeah. out how to, like, you have, you, you, your looks earn you a period where you can then learn to act in that period. She chose she, not to. She, she survived being impaled by Tommy Lee's terrifyingly large penis. So <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's clearly resilient. Yep. I saw that one too. Uh, so Noah, not a big fan. Sounds like me and Doug are okay with it. It's not going to change your life or anything, but no, I, I enjoyed it. It's probably it's probably a one-time watch for me, but I yeah. like I just thought it was quirky and weird, and like there was enough of the like let's cut away to like some cartoon for a couple of seconds here and there, and you know, um, like you say yeah. that most of the performances I liked, um, yeah, half human, half fucking kangaroo people that are super into Lori Petty and want a banger. Like that's what's not to like about that. I don't know. I yeah, it was there was just enough weirdness so, going on to keep my so attention. So many casual rape jokes. Yeah, but yeah. it was the nineties. I that's even weird for the nineties though. Like yeah. that was kind rape of an eighties thing. You have to remember in the eighties there would have just been casual rape. By the nineties they'd upgraded to just casual rape in conversation, and we're we you know we're always progressing. Away from the jazz, because <laughs> a lot of like the casual rape in the eighties, they didn't even treat it as a bad thing in the early part of the eighties. It was only no. later in the eighties where they actually started to say, "Oh, maybe we shouldn't rape women in our comedy films as a joke." Yeah, I watched the. Uh, Shush, I, don't, I, don't I, remind me that Revenge of the Nerds is problematic. Right. I watched movies. God damn it! The I, I bought like the uh, whatever anniversary of. 16 candles on blu-ray and watch the the making of or like the you know big documentary is like an hour long on it and they have a whole section about how problematic the movie is especially how anthony michael hall slept with that girl while she was passed out from being drunk 
It's kind of a big thing they talk about. So yeah, 80s. Just, yeah, do whatever. Yeah, so. I don't disagree. I'm just saying. You know what what I did love in this movie? The weird suction cuppy, water sucky, stabby device that they have for no reason. It's pretty badass. It's pretty pretty dope. I got to say, they had some wacky ideas for what would serve as like weapons in this. Because you're like, okay, they have tanks and shit. And then, oh yeah, what do they do with people? They throw them down a tube that gradually gets thinner until you get stuck and then they pour water into the tube to drown you but that's you don't even but you don't even get stuck in the tube it's it just there's a a bevel at the bottom and you just sort of settle into the bottom part yeah (laughs) which would still suck you're just hanging upside down like that apparently that's another scene that got cut the torture scene apparently that was way 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 longer in the original one and he did things like while she's in that freezer he injects her with cholera (laughs) yeah (laughs) that that seems out of place in the movie but I can see Malcolm McDowell pulling it off though (laughs) yeah um, what about the editing? Is anybody weirded out by the editing? Uh, it was the 90s. Again, I yeah. keep saying that, but it's like it it feels like the exact kind of editing I expect in a movie from about the latter half of 94 till the end of 96. This is just how they edited movies for whatever reason. Yeah. Right. If for this, some reason if I was this movie like... had been made five years later, it would have starred Zoe Deschanel and it would have been just called Zoe Deschanel the movie. look at how quirky our movie is with our weird cuts yeah yeah i I was gonna say for for some reason i was getting like biodome vibes from this movie sure that's probably that's gotta be around this same era right yeah probably you know it's it's weird you could drop Polly shore into this fucking movie and 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 it would just be fine and no one would question it which is not a good. That's not a compliment to any movie. <laughs> if you put, if you can put Polly Shore into your movie and it's not disruptive, then you have caused problems. Uh, see, I disagree. I think I'm. I, I see what you're saying about you could just have Polly Shore in this movie, but I don't see that as an as a criticism. That that's what they were trying to make. They were trying to make something so quirky and weird that Polly Shore would fit in, um, and. I think they were successful in doing that. Uh, you can yeah, choose to just not like that kind of movie. That's perfectly reasonable. <clears throat> I'd also like to point out that nobody here thinks that Stephen Baldwin should be in the movie. We're all talking about Paul <laughs> Shore. <laughs> of course. <laughs> From Biodome, we're only, we only picked one of those guys that we're willing to deal with. Uh, Biodome was the year after this, by the way. Yeah, that, I'm telling you, it's yeah. that era of film. Oh, totally. Just, I just wanted to check. It's just... Yeah. just uh, Fact checking our statements. I was going to say, also an insult to this movie, just with if we're talking about random Polly Shore movies, putting Brendan Fraser in this movie would be jarring because you'd be like, how did they sucker Brendan Fraser into this movie? <laughs> oh man, if Brendan Fraser and that was dude was in Monkey Bone. What if he was in Kangaroo makeup though, hanging out with fucking Kangaroo Iggy Pop? Wouldn't that be? Fun? I might. I'm, I might have liked this movie if he was hanging out with him. <laughs> <laughs> Get Brendan Fraser's kangaroo makeup, and I'm on board. <laughs> what was he in around this time? Uh, 
He was Ugh. in that movie with Pauly Shore a couple of years yeah. before this. A couple of years man. before, yeah. yeah. Uh, he he made a couple cameos in Pauly Shore movies. Yeah. Uh, Airheads would have been the big movie he was in right before this. Oh, that feels so much like it's <laughs> from this era, too. Yeah. Year I before just, this movie. I rewatched that not too long ago. And it weirdly holds up. Airheads. Yeah. yeah. I was pretty surprised. I was like, holy shit, this is still pretty fucking funny. Yeah. I, I, could, I mean, the cast is good. It's Steve Buscemi and Adam Sandler before he was annoying. And... Yeah, but even even Adam Sandler before he was annoying, most of most of those Adam Sandler movies, you rewatch them and you're like, oh, I, I get it. This wasn't funny. It was only funny because you weren't expecting... Adam Sandler to be Adam Sandler for some reason. <laughs> sure. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to assume one pass and two. Uh, sure. Why not? I mean, I, I can't. I, I'm not even going to say a pass because once again, I fucking I just hate Lori Petty so much. And that biases me <laughs> against this movie on such on such Jesus. a fucking crazy level I, I, I feel we need more discussion on this topic what it, show us on the doll where Lori Petty touched she's you just, she's just yeah, fucking terrible I, I don't I don't she does this she plays Lori Petty in everything she doesn't fucking act she's I, I, just a mentally ill person who wanders into I, movie sets and everyone's okay with it I have to push back though on that because like you think of I'm, I'm I, I can't believe I'm now in the position of defending Lori Petty but you're saying <laughs> that her performance in this is the same as her performance in Point Break I, I disagree with that A League of Their Own A League of Their Own where she, A League of Their Own is a completely different character and you can, you can argue the quality of her acting in any one of these movies, but to suggest that she's doing this... I mean, she was also in fucking Free Willy. Yeah, she didn't do Free Willy 2 because of this movie. Right. She probably shouldn't uh, have done Free Willy 2. So are you saying that her character in The Karate Dog was not good? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what the fuck The Karate the, Dog The is. TV movie from 2005? How dare you? <laughs> I think she might just do a voice in that one. So, is that possible? She oh, did yeah, some she voice does. work in the 2000s. I mean, I she usually does. tolerate her voice work. She does She does cartoon voices every once in a while. You didn't like her when she was on Star Trek Voyager? Is oh, that yeah, what it is? What Voyager was she on? I don't know. She played NOS, N-O-S-S. Episode titled Gravity. I don't know. I don't know Voyager as well as I know Enterprise. Is that what it is? Did she do something bad on Voyager? And so you're like, fuck her forever. Maybe. I think we've. I don't know. I just have. I just. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I don't like people who uh, people like them because they're quirky. Like quirky is an entire personality somehow, which it's not. It's just a mentally ill person being weird. (laughs) Sure. They they should be getting help. They they should be getting the help they need, not not being exploited for movies. I don't know. I did watch her on an episode of Freddy's Nightmares where she's a track runner. And at the end of the episode, when she hits the uh, the tape at the end, you know, the little, mm-hmm. little tape across the finish line, it cuts her and she dies. See, what? now, Freddy's Nightmares, that's the quality of, of uh, performance that Laurie Petty should be doing. Oh, you're saying that, but Brad, Brad Pitt was in one of those episodes too. So, well, see, 
but Brad Pitt should not have been doing that. <laughs> I mean, he also did that movie Cutting Class, and that's ooh. Yeah. That's a little, that was a rough one. I think we discussed that one when I picked up the VHS tape a couple of months back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else before we move on to our other star-studded movie? No, I'm happy we got Noah to admit that he was wrong about Lori Petty, even though he <laughs> still doesn't like her. But it makes me feel a little better that at least he knows he's wrong. I mean, I'll give I'll give you guys the argument of she was in A League of Their Own, which, as I recall, is a pretty good movie. <laughs> That's the Again, argument that she was in the movie. <laughs> all I'm saying is you have to acknowledge that she does different things in different movies. Here's the thing. And I can't remember. You don't have Petty. to like any one of the movies. Well, I, I, I have to assume she did something different because I don't remember Lori Petty being in that movie. Well, if she but was that's acting probably like Tank because <laughs> she was <laughs> she was surrounded by talented actors but, doing acting. But But if she was doing the Tank Girl thing. In A League of Their Own, I believe that would have stood out. I think Tom Hanks would have yelled at her even more. I'll have so. to rewatch it. Is it just her <laughs> smugly saying weird offbeat comments? No, she's the she's the little sister to the Gina Davis character. I remember A League of Their Own better than I want to, but she's the little sister who who. Um, Do you remember what? Along. I remember from A League of Their Own. There's no crying in baseball. That's it. <laughs> the end. That's all I can remember of that fucking movie. Tom Hanks. Saying one line. <laughs> no Madonna. No. Uh, Madonna plays I, the, ho- the horror Gina one. Davis. Speaking of girls who do the same thing. Madonna. Madonna's the one that does the splits and catches a ball, right? No, it's Gina Davis. Yep. I don't know. Madonna's <laughs> the one who offers to have her top fall open in the middle of the field to attract more audience. Uh. And her bosoms just fly out. Isn't yeah. that what her, her big descriptor is? Uh, all right. Well, to let, no, to let Noah think about a league of his own, a league of her own, and maybe contemplate watching it this week. Doug, why don't you tell us about uh, Johnny Mnemonic? Johnny Mnemonic is uh, set in a future world where. Yada yada yada. I was not going to read all of that dialogue at the beginning of the movie, so I don't know that much about this future world. <laughs> Fuck my god! You're not a Star Wars movie. You don't get to have that much opening fucking writing on the screen. Jesus. Um, then, for some reason, in order to send information uh, around, what they do is they have these people have these implants in their brain, and they put the information in the person, have the person travel, and then download the information. Because somehow that's makes sense in their heads. Um, because the world's infested with hackers. You didn't. You didn't read the beginning. Part. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I, re- I remember reading on Instagram that you said there was no world building, but yeah, the world the world building was in the opening crawl that you didn't read. Eleven pages of writing to start off your movie is not world building. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, or like me and a million other nerds like me, you you've never played the tabletop RPG Cyberpunk 2020 about a bajillion hours. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Anyways, so in this particular movie, Keanu Reeves gets some information in his head, and then the Yakuza is trying to get him, and yada yada yada. It turns out it's he can save the world by getting this information out of his head, but the passcode, which is a series of three pictures that you need to have to down to download the information, was destroyed. So now he's running around in the underworld with uh, 
the woman who's for some reason supposed to be a bodyguard, even though she's does not look very tough. Um, um, I believe she whooped all kinds of ass in this movie. So that's such a stupid fucking name. <laughs> so, is, have you guys ever read the short story? I got yeah. No, no. no. Okay, anyway. in the short story, what she does, they're called Razor Girls. Okay. And, like, they have all these modifications to make them killers, and part of it is, like, they have uh, enhanced, like, fingernails that can, like, extend and you can slash people. Okay. They, why the fuck wasn't that in the movie? Right! No, I'm 100% with you. Why wasn't that in the movie? I, they should have just at least kept the name Razor Girl instead of Bodyguard. So much fucking better. Yeah. Mm. And they have, like, they imply that she has these, like, implant things. Um, but then that becomes very, like, other than the fact that it's making her sick, it's not useful to her during most of the movie. Um, but that's because, probably because it's a poorly made movie. Uh, because nothing interesting happens in the whole movie, and even stuff that should be interesting, it's like they went out of their way to make sure that it was uninteresting. And... Every actor is. I th- I'm not 100 percent sure. Like I think Henry Rollins is in this movie, but it might be a cardboard cutout of Henry Rollins with somebody standing behind it spewing dialogue. And I could say that about ten other actors in this fucking movie. It is just you. You cannot possibly hold any of the actors responsible for how boring they all are because they all give better performances in other movies. And there's Ice T as a kangaroo for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I would grant, grant you, Ice T is giving the exact same performance in this as he gives in everything else. He is Ice T is like Ice T is like a hip hop John Wayne. He just he just acts like himself in everything. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Um, but everybody else is just pure cardboard. There's no interesting atmosphere to the movie whatsoever. There's, like I say, all the world building is 11 pages of dialogue you're expected to read at the beginning. Because I'm assuming that they added that in post because they're like, oh shit, no one's going to know what's going on. Because we forgot to make the movie. Um, I partially disagree with your assessment. (laughs) I think I would disagree with your assessment too. Like at one point a dolphin shows up and I didn't give a shit because that's how poorly ass film is. I'm just Jones, come on. Yeah. Part of that is because I did watch that documentary that I talked about 100 episodes ago where that dolphin ends up killing itself because they put it in a small little tank where it can't swim around. And then they have this dolphin stuck in the small little tank, and I thought that dolphin's just going to kill itself. Um, No, but he's jacked into the internet, man. He doesn't need to swim around. He can swim through the internet. He's a fucking cyber dolphin. Yeah, make that interesting in your fucking movie have him do something other than having people stand beside him and give dialogue about how he's a cyber dolphin well, voting in any way. I was going to say, well, on, on your side of things, the, the writer of the film is actually the writer of the short story. Okay. And he said that they made uh, significant changes to his script and he was kind of pissed off about it. Okay. And that the, I don't know if you know this, but so the American release and the Japanese theatrical release both have different soundtracks. Okay. And, and the Japanese re- release is a little different. Yeah, it's like eight minutes longer or something like that. And it's got a couple more things added to it. But the 
the writer has said that the Japanese version's a little bit closer to what he wanted the movie to be. Mm-hmm. That's... I've I've meant to track it down a few times and then I always forget about it. Yeah, I, I didn't even know about it until I watched it this time. Yeah. <laughs> so what? So what I, are you gonna say, Noah? Obviously, Doug hates this movie. Okay, so so the blandness, right? The blandness of the characters yeah. at the beginning when they're in the city is, and, and of everything else in the movie, the blandness of every element of the film. Well, see, but I don't, I don't agree with that. It changes as the movie goes, but it's it's supposed to be the idea of this this corporate nihilism that everybody's fallen into. They're that is their life. They are these blank slate, boring characters, especially Keanu Reeves' character, who's just almost an automaton doing these jobs. And you can tell that he's he. Th- the beginning, they have the whole thing about his memories, where he's kind of starting to strain against that. And then, of course, it all culminates not not in the the final showdown and stuff, but that moment before they get into heaven at the end where he finally flips out and he's talking about how he deserves to be in the city and basically goes on the whitest white privilege rant of all time. <laughs> yeah. Which, which once wrong. again, is by, which is by design. It's supposed to yeah. be like, look at how fucking shallow everything he wants is. Like, it's it's pathetic. No, I agree that it's shallow and pathetic. It's just, if, if that's supposed to be some kind of messaging built into the movie, it doesn't come across. Well, maybe it doesn't come across as much because 90s, as we've been talking about before. Right. Yeah. Like, this is this is where we talked about the last movie is that sort of mid-90s, let's just make everything fucking weird and we're going to do fun edits because they must have invented new editing software in the 90s. This is like that early 90s, just fucking go through the motions, hit every step, fucking just like, Oh, we we need a weird character in here. What about Dolph Lundgren's a priest slash assassin? All right, it's just it, it. once once again that's that's just that cyberpunk influence. Cyber cyberpunk so fucking like, weird. If if this were like a fun '80s action movie, then Dolph Lundgren as a fucking assassin priest would be awesome. But in a movie where everything is just so like blah and bland, it's like. I'm not going to have fun with that character. It's not going to work on a serious level because it's an assassin priest. You know what I mean? So you, why is it there then? It doesn't, I don't know. He thinks he's cyber Jesus. Yeah. All right. I don't know. That stuff didn't bother me nearly as much as it bothered you. Apparently. I just, we were about six minutes into this movie when I gave up on it and I'm like, fuck, there's a lot left. Isn't there? The the short the short story ending. So so um Cyberpunk usually shares a lot of stuff with like nineteen seventies sci-fi. They, there's usually that kind of bleaker ending kind of thing going on. And in the short story, if I remember correctly, once they get all the data out of his head, he can finally access his memories. But because he stored all of these rich asshole secrets that are all still in there, so he starts remembering them. And it ends with him and the Razor Girl basically coming up with a plot just to blackmail the ever-living shit out of all these people. And and to just like live like that from now on. They're just going to live off their blackmail money. 
That's interesting. I like that. I just, it's so chill. It's like, at the very end of the movie, it's like, hey, how about we do some chill blackmail crime? <laughs> Which they could have done after this. I mean, the movie just sort of ends again. Yeah. We're still with that ending where, well, that's all wrapped up. No need to uh, let everybody know how this is going to turn out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little too, for a cyberpunk style movie it's the the ending of this is too clean like i don't like the fact that kind of everybody gets what they want yeah it's it's too happy of an ending i agree with that yeah it would have almost been better if you know he broadcasts the message and then dies or something you know what i mean he has a fucking aneurysm yeah well because they make a big deal about like how he's got too much memory in there because he had limited capacity but it's like and it's like it's ridiculous like his maximum capacity is like 80 gig and he's got 320 or something in there and it's like that doesn't really make any sense to me because how does that work um but well technically he used the doubler so he's got 160 capacity still overstuffed but still then he's got double that amount in there right which doesn't Doug Doug, when it's you, the it's the far flung future of 2021. Know. Nobody was going to know about gigabytes and stuff like that. But like, if you, if you copy like information onto a thumb drive or something, and it's too big, it just doesn't go. And like, you could see it, depending on how the, they want the technology in the movie to work, it could not copy on. Only half of it could copy on until it's full. It could copy on, but it would be in some kind of a fucked up format that would ruin it. There's different things that could happen, but to just go, well, like, like if you've got a, it's, it's like having a, a one liter jug and two liters of water and you just go, fuck it. I'm putting both liters in and we're all just supposed to accept that. And there's no dialogue to even explain how it works. I, I don't, I don't accept that. <laughs> like, I just the, don't. The dialogue sorry. was in the opening crawl and you skipped it. <laughs> that <laughs> entire crawl, explanation. If, I, if I turn my TV back on, that's probably still have going. If I were just, that's how, much fucking, how many fucking words there were. Oh, but the, and okay, let's let's complain about the technology in this movie. Okay, okay. So first of all, like that stuff didn't make any sense. But second of all, so they upload. This is the plan. They upload the information into this guy's head so that he can travel and they go through all this thing about how he's got a brain implant and they know the government knows about these brain implants so they scan your head at the airport and he's got to have like an excuse for why he's got this implant in there and he says it's something to do with dyslexia there's a whole thing about this right but then to get the information out you need the passcode which is three random pictures selected off of a tv screen yeah. And to get the passcode to the people who are going to download it, they fax it over to them. Yeah. You got to you got to think don't. people people are tracking it. So you want to go low tech and fax it over. You don't want to send the actual information over like the internet or anything because then the government's going to find it. Because the government can't can't get into fax machines that operate on phones. No. Okay. They can't. <laughs> well, the whole. All right. In most, I guess I should have read that crawl closer. In most of these cyberpunk uh, worlds, the whole idea is that the the interconnectivity of the internet has completely destroyed the idea of um, privacy, and that that piracy of information has become the number one crime. So, okay. anytime there's something valuable, you don't want to put it 
in so the internet have, in any the, way. We have the technology to put this in this guy's head, but we can't just encode it and send a message across somehow. We have to use a fax machine to send three pictures, which I don't even well, really because understand. Because ar- arguably, the movie ends with them hacking the information. So, I mean, yeah. te- technically, if they send the information, that's that's proof that it could have been hacked. Sure. Yeah, and the... Uh, Anything the, going over a phone line, you would think, could also be intercepted. But that would, that would just seem like an Oculus 3 random pictures. Like, they wouldn't... It wouldn't. It wouldn't get flagged as anything weird because I guess people send three random pictures all the time over fax machines. So. I just, I just like the fact that the random, the random <laughs> amounts of data that they selected are actually something where you're like, you know what? That's actually pretty accurate to what that type of data would take now. It's like three hundred gig. You're like. Yeah, no, yeah, three hundred gig. I, I'm, I'm absolutely buying into that amount. Although he could have probably just got a uh, half a terabyte thumb drive and just shoved it up his ass to save some time, <laughs> not burn his brain out. I was gonna say I just ordered a new phone that's gonna be coming sometime next next week, and uh, I upgraded to the two hundred and fifty six gigabyte phone. So I'm like, oh shit, he could have just put most of that shit on his phone. He would have been fine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You well, got you've got that's... more more space in your phone than he's got in his brain space. Can we can we talk about the phones for a second? Because this movie came out in 1995. Yeah. In 1995, if you're predicting the future, you have a responsibility to not have fucking people using phone booths with giant fucking handheld wired handsets. Come on, man. That's supposed to be what... No, everybody... Like, in 95, you probably should have been able to predict cell phones. Like, they well, existed. I, they, were, and they, exi- they were in use for businessmen and stuff. Well, if you're paying attention, he does ask for an iPhone at some point. He doesn't. He literally does. He, he says, I need an iPhone. Does. Now, to be fair, he is asking for an iPhone, which is EYE phone. Yes, I, I know. I think I, I picked up on your clever little statement there. But my point is when they actually use the phone, when they actually like a, use the phone in this movie, they go over to a phone booth, they insert a physical card, and they yeah. pick up this giant, giant handset that the is handset. bright red sometimes. And it has to be that big in order to get the AT&T product placement into the movie, I understand. But it's like, that's how did you not think you've got the internet all done up here, which is not an entirely inaccurate idea of all these things being interconnected and, and data going back and forth and shit. Mm-hmm. Even if they use fucking like, uh, just the worst visualizations for it. Well, but, to, to be the, fair, that, that specific handset you're referencing and the card is a hacking tool and the handset actually reflects the type of uh, handsets that the linemen use on telephone poles when they're installing stuff and need to check connections. Okay. That still not. doesn't account for it being in 2021 and that hasn't yes. uh, progressed, but I'm just saying Heck that's the not world. the standard I'm that's saying. not the standard standard uh, handset for every phone booth. They were hacking it. Okay. He still inserted his card in it, so you're hacking into it, but you're inserting your payment card. Because well, it's not a payment card. Payment cards. The card yeah. is connected to the phone. Did you look at it? It was. It's. It's like. Uh, no, he uh, used her 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 like ID card or whatever. 
that he had yes. to care for her. And okay. she, she, she okay, indicated can, that it was going to cost keep, her money. We <laughs> can keep arguing over all this stuff, or we can talk about the fact that people have uh, sick laser garrots hidden in their cyber thumbs. Yeah, that was pretty badass. That was yeah. No, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> and Udo, Udo gets fucking sliced up. Yeah, he yeah. does. He still has that moment where he looks down like, "Oh no!" and then just <laughs> slices <laughs> off and slices the meat. It's a, it's so funny when the movie started because it's been a long time since I've rewatched this one, and it popped up and Udo was on the screen, and I was like, "He's a traitor!" It's a, <laughs> it's, it's Udo. <laughs> Everyone yeah, was not a exactly a shocking turn of events when Udo Kier turns out to be a bad guy. It's not. Uh, uh, that's good. Uh, yeah, we didn't mention at the top of the show that Ice-T is the big connection between these movies. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I forgot just, to mention. I, I didn't realize I when I started watching them, I thought they were both just supposed to be like dystopian future movies. Well, they were, and then I realized when I was announcing them last week, I'm like, oh, fuck, ice teas in both of them. I completely forgot. Are you guys telling me this isn't our Point Break episode where we check in on the stars of Point Break? No. Did I watch all those Patrick Swayze movies for nothing? Uh, well, nobody ever watches Patrick Swayze movies for nothing. <laughs> it's always a journey and an experience. <laughs> uh, now, I did forget the to whole mention... theme, ice teas of the future. <laughs> I did forget to mention that on the uh, Tank Girl, <laughs> apparently Ice T went on some like hip hop radio show like years upon years later, and someone tried to make fun of him for being in that movie, <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I got paid eight hundred thousand dollars to be in that movie, <laughs> and the dude just it's like, oh, all right, and then they never made fun of him again. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, it would take a lot less than that to put me in the remake of Tank Girl. And I hate Tank <laughs> Yeah, but you're going to be the kangaroo that has to have your giant dong out. <laughs> <laughs> I would need $5,000. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, anything else you liked about this movie, Noah? <laughs> I, don't know, I just like it in general. I I dig. I I kind of dig that dark, cyberpunky feel, and like Keanu's fine. He's you know he's got that. He's doing his Keanu stuff. He's got that weird. I don't understand how he can both be a piece of wood and charismatic at the same time. <laughs> I just I don't think he can. I mean, he's he's like a very charismatic puppet. If that makes sense, like he's not even a real boy sometimes, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But besides that, I, I think it's badass. I think it's the, I don't know. I like I said, I dig the visuals. I dig the feel. I know he that Doug thinks it's ridiculous, but but Dolph Lundgren is the crazy street preacher's badass. <laughs> Again, no, my, my complaint is that he's not ridiculous. He ought to be ridiculous. If, if this were a fun '80s movie, he'd be doing like fucking fun shit and I enjoy watching that and it's this movie is like it's taking itself seriously but not seriously enough to actually have anyone act or try to create any real atmosphere so you watched Dolph Lundgren as Cyber Jesus crucify Henry Rollins and that wasn't enough for you nobody was enjoying themselves in that scene that sounds so fun when you say it I I was enjoying myself (laughs) right (laughs) Uh, like 
if those guys had been having fun doing that the way you're supposed to have fun when Dolph Lundgren crucifies Henry, Henry Rollins, <laughs> then we would all be enjoying ourselves. It's just... It... Mm. Uh, I should note, this is back when Harry Rollins seemed to enjoy fudge a lot more than he does now. He's a little chunkier in this movie than I remember him being. And yet, still no neck. Yep. No, it, no, <laughs> it don't matter the change in weight. No neck. He's just, he's just head and shoulders. <laughs> and if I made fun of him, he still wouldn't, uh, he still wouldn't beat my ass. He would just destroy me mentally. That's even worse. Right. He would just, he would just like come up with some witty barb and just cut your soul. <laughs> and then still beat your ass. And he's an old man. <laughs> uh, I love Henry Rollins. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's two yays and a very disappointing nay from Doug. Just a very like. Yeah, I think it lost me in, in during that opening crawl. I was just like, "What is going on? This Why is, am I reading so much?" Even this opening crawl. God damn it. Yeah, this is one of those movies that, while I thoroughly enjoy it and like this movie, I absolutely understand why other people hate this movie. Does that makes sense. Like, I'm glad you appreciate my perspective for once. No, I like, I get it. I get why people don't like it. It's just, I like all those things. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive In on Twitter at MN Drive In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Uh, We held off one piece of feedback from last week because he wanted to uh, express his ideas to Noah directly and Noah wasn't here to respond, so I waited. Doug encouraged me to keep going, but... He did not hold sway over me this time. <laughs> you you hold no power here, Doug. I don't, I don't understand why Brian's being so out. formal this week. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so the guy the guy's email name is Walter, but he signs his email Allen. So I don't know. So we'll just say Walter Allen. Yeah, it sounds like this one is for Noah. I agree. <laughs> Uh, so he said, Hey guys, I wanted to offer a suggestion for Noah's month for Noah's month, month year. Yeah. Month, month year. (laughs) But, but I think Doug would like this one. Uh, but it might be too late to, to program it, but I don't know, but it would be wrestler may Nia. So for all, all of may it'd be wrestler related movies. Oh yeah. I don't think think organized enough to pull it off this year but if we get get him on the list for next year yeah gives us like a while to either forget about this or do a really good job putting a list of movies together i can't well, remember he, did, we, did we already do suburban commando well he he offers a list for us so we wouldn't even have oh. to come up with the list Ooh, oh fancy so here we go first up would be andre the giant and he offers conan the destroyer and princess bride 
I don't okay. remember Andre being in Conan the Destroyer. Yeah, he's in it, I think. Is he? All right. I think it's a small, small role. It's... Fair enough. I mean, I'm down with it. I just don't remember him being in it. I also don't want to watch Conan the Destroyer again. Though, it's not a good movie. Shut yeah. your whore mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Never speak it's ill of a Conan movie. It's it not as good as Barbarian, but, you know, you take what you can get. I liked it when I was a kid. I just I tried to watch it a couple of years ago and I didn't make it. <laughs> there was a power outage while I was watching it and I was like super relieved because I'm like, oh, good. I'll watch the end now. <laughs> Uh, second week would be Hulk Hogan, and you do uh, Rocky Three, and No Holds Barred. But we already did No Holds Barred. Uh, Stop it out for Suburban Command. But he does. Here we go. He he says or opt for his comedy classics, Mister Nanny and Suburban Commando. Yeah. Uh, so just, I forgot about Mister Nanny. Yeah. I've never seen Mister Nanny or Suburban Commando, which is ridiculous. When I say it out loud, I'm kind of blowing my own mind. Yeah. Suburban Commando, I remember enjoying for how cheesy and campy it was. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is in it, so that does help. Yeah, it knows it knows exactly what it is, and yeah. so it works. Yeah. That's what I was wondering: is it does it know how stupid it is, or is it just yes. you're laughing at it? No, okay. no, it knows it knows exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, Jesse the Body Ventura Week, uh, the Running Man, and Predator. Yeah. Uh, I feel like those are both movies that we would just be like, you remember this awesome part? Like, I thought we, I thought we already did Running Man. It doesn't matter. We'll do those two again. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, that'd be a fun week. Running Man and uh, Predator. Uh, Roddy Roddy Piper week. They live and hell comes to Frogtown. That yeah. that week is already on the list. Well, there it we just go. was not not intended as part of a theme month. Uh, and he finishes up a strange mix of movies, and you guys discuss wrestling most episodes anyway. Uh, I enjoy the show and appreciate yeah. all the effort. Keep up the mediocre but thoroughly into entertaining work. Yeah, fuck yeah! <laughs> I can't believe someone thinks we're mediocre. That's awesome. Uh, Actually... I don't think I've ever felt more honestly complimented in my entire fucking life. Because whenever somebody's like, no, you do a great job. I'm like, fuck you, you piece of shit, you liar. But somebody's like, yeah, you are the height of mediocrity. I'm like, oh, mediocre. (laughs) I've reached all my goals. I feel like Noah's uh, taking a lot of caffeine today. He's way more awake at this hour than he usually is. He's been saving up for this show. Maybe it's the diet. I've I've switched to a keto diet to try to get my uh, blood sugar under control. Oh, keto. We'll see don't if it ever, works. Don't ever eat carbs again. Because <laughs> those right. pounds just come right back on. Well, I'm not so much concerned about the weight loss this time. I just want to try to get the blood sugar to quit going nuts. Um, so anybody watch anything this week? Or in Noah's case, the last two weeks. I well, oh yeah, I actually did watch a movie because I watched a movie with my dad while I was in, down in Florida. Um, we watched, uh, God damn it, Thunderstruck, Thunderballs. What the fuck is it called? <laughs> Thunder Force. <laughs> it's a Melissa McCarthy movie. Yes, Melissa McCarthy. Sorry, okay. that's why. That's why I refuse to remember the name of it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, fuck her and her career. Uh, um, it is a, Lori Petty, huh? 
uh, well, it is it is a completely stereotypical and atypical superhero movie at the same time. <laughs> I don't know how that works out, but it does. Uh, I thought it was all right. It was it was cute. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly uh, Melissa McCarthy physical comedy, which is, I, I suppose, the one thing that she does that's funny. No, uh, Midnight Drive In. It was cute. <laughs> I'm sure they'd be on the poster. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. I don't have any interest in seeing that at all. Yeah. So there's nothing. Yeah, me neither. And I watched that. Uh, I watched the. I don't think I've watched this week's episode yet, but I watched last week's episode of Invincible. Yeah. Still good. good. Still good. Still good. Still going forward. Yeah. What are you thinking, Doug? You still watching? Yeah, I'm still watching Invincible. This week uh, was Invincible Goes to College. It was kind of fun. Yeah. Well, we won't get into the details, but it was it was a little bit predictable. Like, I mean, I guess spoiler alert for Noah and whoever else hasn't watched it, but when he goes to college and you're like, oh, and there's just a bad guy at the college that he's visiting, and he has to get involved in that. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like, of course. <laughs> but, you know, like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do, right? So... But it introduces the Reanimen, which I'm a big fan of from the comics. What's that? The Reanimen. Basically, that's those uh, zombie android things that that oh, okay. guy was making. All right. So those are yeah. going to be a bigger part later on. At some point. Uh, sort of, but not maybe from the same source. But okay. At least in the comics, but it, it may be a ways. It may be like <laughs> four seasons away from where we are right now. All right. They were uh, neat, so. Yeah. And besides that, the only the only other thing I watched is getting caught up on uh, Falcon Water Soldier. Yeah. I'm assuming we'll talk about that at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Would you watch Doug? Uh, I don't have a lot either. Oh, me um, neither. You guys remember last week when I talked about having? <laughs> <laughs> remember I said I watched The Hills Have Eyes remake. Uh, yeah. I was like, that was actually pretty good. I should watch the sequel. So it did. Which is yeah. surprising for me, because, you know, yeah. nor- normally there's like a four-month delay between me <laughs> saying I should watch something and me watching it. Um, it is very much a horror sequel, in the sense that they take a different group of characters and put them in there, and now they're getting killed off. And there's a bigger body count, and it's you know more fun and not as serious a tone. And... <laughs> It's it's almost like watching a slasher sequel. Um, did you did you then go back and rewatch the original The Hills Have Eyes too? No, not yet. I might. You should. No, you should. <laughs> you should do that because in it. I was going to say while while the new one is a very stereotypical horror movie sequel, <laughs> the the original one is very much a sequel in the vein of Texas Chainsaw Massacre two. <laughs> Like goes way off the fucking rails. There's a uh, there's a moment where the dog from the first one has a flashback, and that's not even a joke. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while. But I, I kind of thought the dog flashback was something maybe that I was misinterpreting in my memory. Nope. He has a flashback <laughs> to events that happened in the first episode. They yeah. they do the slow pan, the slow zoom in on his face, and yeah, then yeah. cue flashback. I remember it. I just in my head I was thinking that can't be right, but. From what I remember, this was like a, uh, hey, Wes, if you do a sequel for us, we'll give you money to do something you really want to do. And that's why he did this movie. 
Yeah. Well, Craven wasn't above putting his name on very mediocre type movies, so. Yeah. He is a producer on the remake series as well. Put it this way, in, in part two, there's a scene where a guy's like hanging off the side of a cliff and one of the, the hill people cuts his arm off, which is actually a pretty neat death scene until the hill guy uses the hand to wave goodbye to him. <laughs> and you're like, all right, that's where we're at. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't not fun to watch though. I have to, I have to say that it was like the gore was good. And there's a, they added in a neat element where like, cause now it's like a, uh, what do you call them, like a National Guard troop of mm-hmm. trainees that are, they're the ones that are stuck there now through a convoluted series of events. And uh, one of the neat elements that they've added is as they're like crawling around on this mountain, the hill people are inside the, the mines and they've got these little tunnels so they can kind of stick out and grab you whenever they want. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's fun. They're pulled, one guy gets like pulled in and he gets like, you know, horror movie style. Uh, like squeezed in half to fit through the hole, and, but yeah, it's it's not the quality of the of the, the remake. It's just a uh, kind of fun, gory movie to watch, though. Uh, yeah, I never saw it, so I should probably catch up with it at some point. It's, uh, I didn't get to watch it on Disney Plus, and it still makes me happy to watch hard art movies <laughs> on Disney Plus. So <laughs> so weird. It's, I just I think it's hilarious for some reason I don't know why because it is funny yeah so but you think it would have worn off by now (laughs) (laughs) Um, other than that I don't have much that I watched I started watching the 2004 Frankenstein miniseries which I only found out after I started watching it was made by Hallmark so is this based on the Dean Coon stuff no, it's a retelling of the original story. Does this, this Frankenstein buy a Christmas tree farm fall in love with a small town girl? Uh, Frankenstein no have time for Christmas. <laughs> God damn it. Fucking Frankenstein in a fucking flannel goddamn shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Frankenstein, no fine love here. Move back to big city. <laughs> uh, if we could, oh man, if we if we were talented enough to make like a full on like play like the Hallmark part of it straight, but then have Frankenstein talk like Phil Hartman did on, on SNL. <laughs> That would be like the best thing ever. (laughs) I did not anticipate that when I brought this up. Well, tell me that would be a better movie than what you watched, probably. Yeah, it probably would be. I mean, what I watched was, well, what I have watched so far of it is very, very mediocre. It's like, yep, they're sticking to the original story. The acting's all fine. The sets look good. The costumes appear to be period accurate. But there's nothing special about it whatsoever. It's almost like, why would you bother to redo this story that's been done before if you're not going to do anything different? So, But I will probably finish it because otherwise it'll bug the shit out of me. So. Um, <laughs> I did finish my Hallmark Frankenstein movie. 
I didn't know it was Hallmark, and it's not a movie; it's a mini series. Oh, Christmas miracle! <laughs> so we'll see. I, I'm very curious to see how they handle because it's like the second half is where it's more kind of horror oriented, and I'm very curious to see how that plays out because I just don't think it's going to be horror oriented. Oh, orphanage closed on Christmas unless we do something. <laughs> I don't know why that's so fucking funny. But it really is. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond. <laughs> so, Brian, did you watch anything this week? <laughs> Frankenstein learned to love Christmas, not go back to Big City. <laughs> Oh, it hurts. <laughs> uh, I didn't watch any movies. Uh, I did. <laughs> I did. Wa- we did start watching uh, the HBO new HBO show, uh, The Nevers, which is uh, well, it was originally Joss Whedon's new show on HBO until you know the world found out that he's kind of a terrible person, and so he stepped down as showrunner. But he's they still- sold about half an episode of it. Yeah, so he wrote and directed the first two episodes. So I don't know how involved he is past this, but um, I don't know. I've seen reports that uh, people are disappointed that he feels like feels like he's retreading stuff he covered on Buffy already. But I don't know. I still really liked it. Uh, so it's set in like late 1800s London. I mean, it, there's a pretty easy synopsis of it. It's it's Victorian steampunk X-Men. Yeah, I mean, that's totally what it is. With ladies. Uh, yeah, these random people start getting powers after an event happened, which they show you at the end of the first episode, but I won't spoil it. Um, and all these random people start having weird powers. And, you know, some of them are good, some of them are bad. Um, you know, depends on... Sort of what power you got, I guess. And then uh, three years later, this woman is running, I don't know if I call it an orphanage, but she's basically set up like this uh, place where women with these weird powers can come and stay. Because obviously, late 1800s, the way society was, if women had weird powers, they obviously should be sent to the mental asylum. Um, and then she's, for the, at least these first two episodes, she's trying to find some some new people that have been put on her radar that may need her help. So it seems like the main woman and her little sidekick who, her power is she can see energy, but she can not only, like electricity and stuff, but she can also not, not only see it, but see where it wants to go. So essentially, seeing electricity helps her invent things. So she comes up, she's sort of like the, uh, the James Bond equivalent of Q where she comes up with fun little steampunk gadgets that can help them, you know, fight off bad guys and stuff. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's good so far. We'll see if it holds up for the entire season, but so far so good that I feel like there's a bunch of interesting characters and interestingly interesting story points they've set up. That it'll be interesting to see what kind of where it goes. Interesting. Yeah. 
That's good. The uh, I mean, maybe, maybe weirdly, people are associating the sort of more feminist part of it to Joss Whedon, which is funny considering all the horrible stuff we've learned about him this year. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't see it as close to Buffy as some of these other reviews were making it out to be. And plus it's on HBO, so there's lots of swearing and even nudity, which is weird for Joss Whedon projects, but I don't know. Yeah, so recommend for me if uh, anybody gets a chance. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Uh, Noah, why don't you tell us what we're doing next week? Uh, next week, we're going back to the rotoscope, yo. Oh. We're going to do uh, heavy metal and fire and ice. Ooh. Okay. Finally going to knock off some animated movies. Hell yeah. I've had a bunch on the list for a long time. <laughs> uh, might help if everybody gets really high before we watch these two. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Fire and Ice is literally a Frank Frazetta p- painting if it just started moving. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea what Fire and Ice is. Heavy Metal, obviously. So. Mm. Be interesting. Yeah, I really yeah. like Heavy Metal too, although I know a lot of people seem to not dig it so much. I've never actually seen the whole thing of the first Heavy Metal, so I saw like part of it at like you know we were all at a friend's house and we were all drinking and doing something, and it was on the TV, so I'd catch a glimpse now and again, but I was not paying attention to what was going on. Yeah. I mean, it's basically an animated version of a uh, like a, a strange mysteries style magazine. Yeah, for sure. Nice. All right. Well, does that take us to Valkyrie and the Winter Soldier talk? It do. All right. So be aware of spoilers here until the end of the show. Yeah. I'm sad I wasn't here last week to talk about fucking. Walker fucking offing that guy. Well, talk about it now. He offed the shit out of that guy. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> That's it. That's all you have. That's it. That's all I needed. That that I'll tell you what, the image that they had of like where they had him standing in profile, kind of looking down, breathing heavy, holding the shield with the blood on the bottom of it. Yeah. That was God damn it, that was like a perfect frame of a TV show to be like, that's it. See, right there. That's a comic book cover. You just nailed what a comic book show is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. Well, for this episode, we pick up right where we left off, except Walker's running. Doesn't want people catching him. Uh, But of course, Falcon and Bucky like track him down to this warehouse. And basically, they're just like, look, we're taking the shield. So either you're going to give it to us or... There's going to be a huge fight. Luckily for all the viewers, it's a huge fight. Yeah. Uh, this was pretty awesome. This is like, they haven't had, I mean, they've had some minor, minor action scenes and stuff, but I feel like this fight was everything so far that they've been building up to, which I was super excited about. Yeah, it was reminiscent of the fight at the end of uh, Civil War. I liked that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw some video where it was kind of compare, comparing like, frames from the civil war fight to to this one and how they were almost like exact and stuff it was yeah it's pretty fantastic if, if, uh, 
I was going to say, have, have I mentioned the fact that I fucking love this fighting style that they invented for Falcon? They kind of oh. like where he utilizes the jets and he's kind of doing these weird flippy backward strafing kind of crazy moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually we touched on it last week when we were talking about it because the way he uses his wings is really cool too. It's like for smacking people with. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta smack a bitch with your wings. <laughs> That's, That's true. Well, and like unfortunately, it, it, puts, it puts him in a fight with the super soldiers. Like he can actually keep up with them because of this technology that you know. Yeah. It's neat. Unfortunately, you run into John Walker, who then tears your wings off with his bare hands. That was a. Uh, it was one of those ones where I'm like, oh, so he has to get his new suit this episode. Then <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <well. laughs> it was. I'll tell you what's crazy. So this the whole time that I've been watching this show, I've been like, man, they really need to get a lot of stuff done in two episodes now. Man, they get, for an episode that not a lot of stuff happens in it, they actually, like, set up a lot of stuff. Does that make sense? They, like, yeah. now every, the last dominoes are in place in a very quick su- su- succession. Yeah, they they really took Walker like into his bad place. They did a pretty good job of just having him completely switch. They have Falcon ready to take up the mantle. They have Zemo put away so that he's not, you know, there's no no more question of what he's doing. They, they did that all very succinctly in this episode. Are we a little well, disappointed that Zemo only ever got to wear his mask like once? He, he now he has the mask whenever they want him. They want us to see it again. Yeah. Right, so. Oh, I'm. I'm assuming the show's going to end with the post credits of Zemo escaping. It's possible. That's I'm I'm almost certain. See, but, I, I think that they're setting it up to put a bunch of villains on the raft so that Thunderbolt Ross can build his team there. Oh yeah, the Thunderbolts. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. I was going to say, but they they fully set up Falcon Two whenever yeah. he gives him the wings and says keep them. Here, you fix these yeah. and wear them. You fix these and wear them in in season two, okay? That'll be <laughs> pretty heavy-handed. They fucking uh, brought in the Contessa. That I was not prepared for. I don't. I hadn't heard any rumors about uh, Louise Dreyfus coming into yeah. the show at all. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, I heard something afterwards that apparently she was supposed to possibly be on sooner. Yeah, but apparently all the she might COVID. Be in covid and scheduling shit kind of fucked everything up well there's something about she might actually be in black widow yeah i've heard that too so oh okay which would make sense that's a fucking bad shit <laughs> crazy character i was not prepared for that character to be introduced there's, there's like, just, i don't know where the fuck they're going with that well, yeah it's it, that's a wait and see one because even when i like because i didn't know who she was so i started trying to do research and i'm like oh it's not Really yeah, she was to do research because it could be different things, right? Yeah, well, she was a shield agent, and then she was kind of like one of Nick Fury's kind of like chosen few, you know, kind of like Hawkeye and uh, yeah. Black Widow, and then she turns out to be a Russian sleeper agent, and then she that all leads into like the whole Leviathan thing, which the Leviathan thing is basically communist Hydra instead of Nazi Hydra. And then she 
leaves that and she joins Hydra and then she becomes the second Madam Hydra. And she's, she's all over the fucking place in the comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we see her at uh, Walker's. Uh, what do you call it? It's not really like a court thing. It's not a sentencing. It's just tribunal. It's a weird setup. Tribunal. They hold, a, yeah. they hold a press conference to fire him, basically, is what they do. <laughs> Uh, and then a video I watched interestingly points out how they have John Walker sort of feeding into um, essentially like PTSD type stuff where he starts like screaming on his way out like I did what you told me to you know I did everything you trained me for and all this stuff and well like that's a play on sometimes how soldiers feel when they come back and there's like jack shit for them to do. Well, I do like the fact that they they because of the way they unceremoniously pretty much drop him mm-hmm. is is fucking great. Cuz yeah. it's the idea of yeah, he fucked up. Yeah, he did something awful, but you're not even going to I mean all he doesn't even at first he's not even asking him not to do that stuff. All he wants is to be able to tell his side of the story so that everybody knows you know he, what what he thinks happened, and they won't let him do that, and and so he, he just snaps. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that one of the messages that's been consistent throughout the Captain America series has always been that the government isn't really the good guys. They they never have been, and even here, like it's made pretty clear that they're not doing this because. They don't agree with what he did. They're, they don't like the optics. They don't like that shot that we think is really cool of him holding that shield covered in blood. They don't want yeah. that to be their poster. So they're just, fuck it. Just take this guy who legitimately has done everything in his power to do what they want. Now, granted, he, he made mistakes and he went overboard and whatever else. But, you know, they just shove him aside and they don't even give him like a trial kind of thing. Is it's not right either, right? Just just because he, as an audience, we think he deserves to no longer be Captain America, doesn't mean he shouldn't be entitled to some sort of due process. Right. Yeah. So then uh, Elaine shows up and tells him, "Hey, call me sometime." Gives yeah. him a blank card, yeah. or to answer the phone when she when she calls him. I guess that's right, how it went. Yeah. Oh, I would say I would say that's the other thing I was going to mention about that character. The other big thing that happened with that character in recent years is when Secret Invasion happened. Mm-hmm. She was one of the first ones to be added as a scroll. Yep. Wow. So and we are getting we are getting a Secret Invasion series, so <clears throat> I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, what what else happens in this episode? They go back and they kind of uh, oh, they give Sam the heart to heart with uh, uh, yeah, Isaiah with Isaiah. Yeah. I really Which liked is, that performance from yeah. the actor who plays Isaiah. Yeah, I want to say that scene's fantastic, but I mean it's super it's sad and depressing. depressing and sad. But I mean for a scene that is literally just two guys sitting there talking to each other there's no flashbacks there's no like reenactments or anything it's literally just him telling his story like oh my god it's so good. Yeah 
he does a really good job of it and i think they handle the whole thing of like like it, it's 2021 you can't really just have a black captain america and not address it like it's it's gonna be a topic of conversation so right. i think they do a really good job of portraying like the different ways to look at it where you know like isaiah is saying he would never he doesn't think any he says something to the effect of no black person would want to be Captain America because of the way this country treats them. And Sam's like, well, I want to prove that I can rise above that. And those are, I think those are both valid. Like they're pre- presented as valid perspectives. And it's just like each person has to kind of handle things their own way. All this, I think they did a really good job of kind of walking that line of not, not getting preachy, but at the same time, not just ignoring the fact that they're in a very touchy area. Yeah. Did you guys did you guys notice the parallel in Isaiah's story to Caps? Yeah, to the first yeah. Captain America movie. Yeah, the fact that <laughs> one of them, the fact that like blonde-haired, blue-eyed white boy goes to save the POWs and gets treated as a hero, and the black guy gets treated as a villain. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's. Yeah, yeah they did the exact same thing and got two completely different reactions. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I liked that uh, Sam Sam brought the shield with him, essentially, to be like, well, this seems like it's more yours than it is mine. And Isaiah's like, it's not mine. I don't that want that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love the fact well, that he tells him not even to take it out of the bag. He's like, don't take that. Yeah. Not even want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. All that, stuff's, all that stuff's been really good. And for something that I feel like could be preachy, like, I feel it is preachy in a good way, like... It's like, yeah, this is like horrible shit. Unfortunately, when, like you said, if we're going to make a black man a Captain America, we have to sort of acknowledge all the bad shit that we've done leading it, up to it. It, it. it just, it feels like it has to be addressed. And I feel like they, like, say, if you just went, like, you know, presented a full woke version of it, or you just had, even if you just had Sam being like, look, because he, if we have that issue with him, like, having his nephews are playing with the shield and he wants them to have someone to look up to and stuff. I think if you just presented all that without presenting kind of the negative elements of it, you run the risk of feeling like you're glossing over, you know, the history. Mm -hmm. And because Isaiah's story feels like the comic book version of what happens in real life, I think it ends up being, I don't know. Like I say, I think it all worked. Every yeah. moment, there's yeah, a, totally. it's it's hard to do this stuff well, and I think it was all done pretty reverently and and with good messaging. I don't know. It's once again three white dudes talking about this shit, but um, yeah, like we do the we do the best we can. Exactly. Uh, in which I, there's I'm a, Canadian. I, a, I shouldn't that, even talk about Captain America at all. Technically, yeah. I was getting ready to say, which leads into a pretty good line. I also liked the, so uh, we have the whole repairing the boat thing in which that is the decision-making process of Sam kind of coming to terms with who he needs to be and and Bucky kind of making amends with him for his, all their bullshit, you know what I mean? That they had, that they resent each other for bad reasons. But Bucky even talks about the fact that apparently him and Cap had a discussion about giving Sam the shield. And yeah. and he says, you know, we never thought about the fact that handing it to a black person might 
be putting undue pressure on that person for other reasons that they're not privy to, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, and they, they kind of, he kind of says like, how could we have known what it would be like? And it's, that's a very honest moment where it's just like, he's like, how could two guy, two white guys in New York city understand the concept of handing this symbol to a black guy from the South? It's, they're mm-hmm. not equipped to deal with it, and he's just acknowledging that. Right. Yeah. And then we and get then, the same shield training montage. Rocky and then style. The, and then by the end of the episode, we get the, uh, are we best friends now? And they totally are. It, uh, I liked when Sam got his little, got to give his little speech to uh, Bucky, too, to get Bucky back on track, because... It's just a subtle reminder that, oh, yeah, right. When we met Sam, that's what he was doing, was counseling guys who had come back from war, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, he's like, he's still able to use those skills, even though now he's, you know, an Avenger and everything else. Yeah. And it was funny that he, like, basically asked Bucky's permission to, like, give him give him the straight talk. Yeah. And Bucky's like, yeah, but he's just like, come on, man. That notebook's bullshit, and you know it's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, there's also the mid post credit scene. Oh yeah, of, of Walker making a new shield. It <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me because he doesn't have vibranium. So what's he making it out of? Just like well, he's just st- making a janky ass steel shield. Yeah. So he's just gonna like smack people with it. <laughs> he can't throw it and stuff, can he? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. I assume we're gonna find out. Like next week kind of thing so i'm wondering what they're going to do with him because at first i thought you know he's going to be u.s agent but with the way things just turned out making him u.s agent doesn't exactly make sense because he's not going to be a government operative um i mean if we're talking about doing a thunderbolts movie could he essentially lead that team could that be what Elaine is recruiting for? Maybe. Or or maybe he's going to be Nomad, the band without a country. <laughs> I hope not. The deepest of the Vs. <laughs> it all depends. If you guys see him walk out tomorrow and he's got a super deep V going on. That's <laughs> such a terrible costume. It's Nomad. Uh, I want to know, even in the 70s, or whenever this happened... Who looked at that costume and was like, yeah, this is fine. I mean, especially for Steve. <laughs> right. I mean, it, 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 shit on it all you want, but the Captain America costume is fucking iconic. Like, yeah, it I is, agree with that. Yeah, even even through all the iterations over the years, some some better than others. Yeah. It's just something about the the solid blue and the 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 stripes and all that kind of stuff. It just works. Well, even it's such a good image that I feel like when they recreated it and tried to make it a plausible suit in like the first Captain America movie, you were able to look at it and be like, okay, yeah, that works. And then you'll notice every suit they've given them since then doesn't even look remotely as good as the costume from the first movie. Yeah. Although I've liked all of them, I think. Yeah, the one from just, the first Avengers movie is a bit much. Yeah, it, it, I just it, I, it's too cartoony. I, I like that sort of like tactile, like 
soldier sort of look to that first costume. Yeah. It's almost like the color scheme sort of happened by accident, but it wasn't by accident, if that makes sense. Well, because there's even scenes in that first movie where he's wearing the suit underneath, like, like army pants and a jacket when he's mm. actually going into battle because he's, you know, he's still got to be able to carry his gear and shit. Yeah. I mean, they are setting up an interesting thing for the finale where what's probably going to have to happen is Bucky and Sam, Captain America, are going to have to protect the terrorists from the the other <laughs> Captain America, which is this is so weird, which is a really I mean, it's it's it it, it took a little ways to get here, but it does set up an interesting conflict of do you stop the bad guys just because they're bad guys or is it more complicated than that and you have to do the right thing? Yeah. Well, and that's we talked about it last week, but I think those bad guys are meant to be much more sympathetic than they are. And that stuff that's been edited out of the show because it was pandemic related is really would have helped us feel a lot more sorry for those terrorists. Yeah. Yeah, then you say there's supposed to be like a pandemic subplot, like there was, I, I, they were going to release something that would there, hurt people, there, or there was talk of a pandemic subplot in this show back before it aired, and then yeah. rumor is that they edited that out. I obviously don't have any yeah. knowledge if that's exactly true, but I theorize that it is, and that they were meant to be more sympathetic. Yeah, because was it when we met Carly? I mean, I personally. Stealing... I... They're stealing, stealing vaccines. vaccines. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. I think their condition, their condition is sympathetic, and their aim is sympathetic. It's yeah. just so like Sam even has to like spell it out in one of the fucking episodes where he's like, <laughs> "It's just your methods. You guys can't do it. Well, you're doing it. You're murdering people." We also saw that Sam was getting through to her a little bit. That they were getting close to maybe getting her to come on board and use different methods if. Walker had and yeah. so now they're going like full terrorists. Can we just point out one other thing about the interesting thing about that, which sure. is that uh, so they edited out supposedly this pandemic storyline because the world got all fucked up and they don't want it to reflect the real world too much. <laughs> but it still appears that they're going to be storming a government building to try to stop a vote from taking place next week. <laughs> <laughs> because no matter how much they edit this show, they can't. The world is so fucked up that it's now the world is like a comic book show now, and you just can't stop. I was gonna say, it. everybody needs to stop writing things down. I think it's if you just... write the thing down, it will happen. <laughs> like, can you imagine? Like, they couldn't have known, right? Like, how could you have known that when you wrote, like, oh, these terrorists are gonna storm into this government building to stop the vote from taking place so that the laws don't get passed the way they want? You're like. Oh, we didn't know it was going to be released two months after that really fucking happens. <laughs> oh, God. So fucked up. Um, we do see that uh, Bucky gets Sam a gift, as we alluded to. I mean, they're trying to build it up as a mystery, but it's obviously going to be a new Captain America suit for him. Quite frankly, yeah, and it's going to have it's going to be made from uh, all protective gear, so you can be in much more violent situations yeah. getting hurt. better wings that don't get destroyed by a super soldier yeah no those these wings will be able to take him to space for god's sakes <laughs> they're the magic african fucking metals so 
people have been petitioning, apparently. I mean, people petition a lot of shit when it comes to movies and stuff. But uh, after the last couple episodes, people have been saying maybe we need like a Wakandan guard movie. Like with just all these badass women like going around and doing shit. Yeah, people, this is, man. There's a, the there's a lot of cool Wakanda characters. Yeah. I, I, I'm not. I don't object to that at all. But you know what I'm getting sick of now is like ever since that stupid Snyder movie came out, now <laughs> fucking everybody thinks that oh, if I have an idea and if I just go on the internet and say it, eventually it'll really happen. And I'm like, thanks a lot, assholes. Now you told all the nerds that if they just start a petition, you'll do it. And now well, everybody wants to petition for every fucking thing. So while I agree with that. That's also basically how Deadpool got made. Yeah. Is it though? Because Deadpool involved a whole lot of Ryan Reynolds insisting well, he should be Ryan, allowed to do it. Ryan Reynolds more, more famous stirring up listening. Well, but it was Ryan Reynolds stirring up the fan base. Like that was his whole thing, and like that the leaked test footage or whatever. That was just him playing a clever game to get the internet all riled up and on his side. Yeah. Yeah, well, nobody 100% knows who leaked that. Rumor is that Ryan Reynolds is and his company did it on purpose. No, they certainly <laughs> did. I mean, I've seen interviews where he's straight up ass about it, and the faces he makes are like, you fucking did it, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of glorious shit, you. Yeah, because they had, like, no hope in that movie whatsoever that it would be a good property. And so that's why they gave him, like, a shit budget for the first movie. But we could also get bad things. We don't know. Yeah. I think Doug's sort of right. I think Deadpool's sort of right. I, I just, my concern is just that it's going to be fucking like, that's all social media is going to be now is people passing around. Like, we should all hashtag this or whatever. I'm like, I don't care. Stop it. Um, I'm still waiting for uh, the idea that we, uh, since Stan Lee can't make cameos anymore, we have Deadpool make the cameos. Yes. But, he, but he'd be dressed up as Stan Lee in all of them because that would be fantastic just the face mask with the glasses and the fake mustache over top of it Stan Lee slash Grocho marks <laughs> pretty much uh, so yeah it was a good episode this week I'm hoping uh, I mean uh, you know this, this upcoming week's the uh, finale so Hoping it wraps up halfway decent. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think it'll be all right. I think it's gonna be like a, a big action episode coming up, and there'll be people mm-hmm. who complain about that. But I don't understand why people complain about action and their superhero stuff. <laughs> I'm almost wondering if Sam's not gonna take the name, but we'll see. I don't know. I feel like I feel like he has to take the name. Yeah, I think Sam um, becomes Captain America for sure. Well, I think he's going to be Captain America. I just don't know if he'll take the name Captain America. I don't. It has it has to do with that conversation he had with uh, Isaiah and stuff that it would make sense for him to come out and be like, "Listen, I am the symbol. I am this, but that's your thing, not my thing." If that makes sense. Oh. Like, then he'd almost have to call himself Black Captain America, and he's already made it clear he doesn't want to do that. That would be really funny. I don't know. We're only a couple short days away from finding out. I always told everybody it would have been really funny if when Falcon became Captain America, he just changed his name to, like, Bald Eagle. Bald Eagle. 
<laughs> so it's just me. It'd just be really fucking funny. Uh, since we're talking Marvel stuff, you want to talk about the Shang-Chi trailer, Doa? Shang-Chi! Master of Kung Fu, son! I know you were super excited about this. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for the movie and stuff. Like I said... Uh, my only thing is they're doing the modern version instead of the 70s version, which was my personal yeah. favorite version. But I mean, how how am I going to complain about that? Like, of course, they're doing the modern version. They're doing the one that's in the comic books right now because they want to sell comic books. Yeah. And he's been used to pretty good effect in the last few years. I don't know if you know this, but so there was a comic book series where Spider-Man uh was dealing with a ton of spider-themed enemies and Alistair Smythe and a bunch of craziness, and he mm-hmm. built a device that could stop their spider sense because he wasn't able to beat them because they all had spider sense, essentially. But he detonates it manually because he gets in a tight spot, which means he destroyed his own spider sense. Oh. And Shang-Chi comes in, and invents a brand new style of kung fu to teach Spider-Man <laughs> so that Spider-Man can fight better. Yeah, Which, of course, like is called hear that. The Way of the Spider. <laughs> of course it is. Um, looks like this is also correcting the Mandarin problem from Iron Man 3. <laughs> they're trying to I think they're trying to correct a bunch of problems at the same time so they're trying to correct the Mandarin problem they mm-hmm. have to cor- correct the Shang-Chi origin story problem because that's that's got to go immediately yeah what is the what is the problem okay so originally in the comic books do, do, you, do you guys know who the character Fu Manchu is not just from comic books but just in yeah, yeah. he was in like a book villain and a bunch of stuff so really bad christopher lee played him in a couple movies yeah yeah really bad stereotype yellow peril bad guy and in the comic books that's shang chi's dad (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the whole idea is that he's uh trained from birth to be like this perfect weapon for Fu Manchu and the whole time he's convinced that his dad is the good guy and then of course at some point he finds out that his dad is a supervillain and all that kind of stuff and breaks out on his own to go do stuff Uh, his origin story was pretty ridiculous in the original comic it was like basically he trained all day every day while he was awake and then whenever he would go to sleep Fu Manchu would put him in a VR helmet which would put his mind into a simulation where he would be forced to learn more Kung Fu while he slept. Jesus. Yeah. It's good stuff. Good stuff. So that's the biggest issue in which it looks like maybe they're rolling Fu Manchu and the Mandarin in together into one character to get rid of the problematic stuff. Yeah. Although the Mandarin himself is almost a problematic character. I guess he's not as bad. He's not as yellow perily as Fu Manchu is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, I guess. Um, apparently, a lot of people watch this trailer and then, then we're like, what the fuck was up with the Iron Fist? <laughs> right. Why not just have him fight people, you know, like the Iron <laughs> Fist? <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Well, the, the funniest thing is that listening to people get online and, and throw a bitch fit because they're Iron Fist fanboys and they're like, meh, Shang-Chi's dumb. Iron Fist is a better fighter. And it's like, no. <laughs> nope. No, he's not. <laughs> Did you not hear about VR helmet? I was, yeah, not, not according to every single person in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> like, I, I do believe even at one point, Black Panther, like, outright said it. He's like, Shang-Chi is a better fighter than the Iron Fist. <laughs> I fought them both. Chang Chi's better. Yeah. Yeah, my fictional fighter is definitely better than your fictional fighter. Right. Oh, God. Uh, we a little concerned? Maybe too much comedy in this one? Aquafina all over the place? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. I guess, like I said, I don't fucking. With the modern version, he's so different than the old. The old school version was just this. Like fucking badass, uh, wandering hero, kung fu Superman character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the newer versions, more of this lighthearted Bruce Lee esque character. Mm. Did you know they're doing a that they are doing another kung fu series on CW? I I did not. Yeah. I'm, assu- I'm assuming they're going to fix all the problematic issues with that, too. Well, it's currently airing, um, and it's a female instead of a male. Is she Asian? Yes. That's, that's probably a good idea. Uh, so it's one step in the right direction. Uh, but I don't really know what the... Sort of what the the deal is with it. They've they show. I mean, I think it's airing right now. They show promos for it during the usual Arrowverse shows, but... I was never tempted to give it a watch. Yeah. I was going to say, the other thing I noticed in the trailer, so you see uh, Shang-Chi's sister, which I can't remember her name off the top of my head for some fucking reason. Yeah, me neither. Uh, a spooky, spooky mask kung fu sister. We'll mm-hmm. call her. Uh, and I'm not 100% sure, but some of the shots, it looks like the rings are going to be bracelets. Yeah. Instead of rings? Which yeah. that's a weird decision. I don't get that I don't get that decision to be like, yeah, they're bracelets. Well what was I feel like there was some martial arts movie recently where someone used like bracelets as their weapon. That's several. A so, guy a guy in uh, Kung Fu Hustle does that too. As I say, maybe it was Kung Fu Hustle I was thinking of. So maybe they just decided, eh, rings are kind of stupid. Maybe we'll do the bracelets thing. Maybe that'll, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really interested to see how they explain the rings. Because if they go with the actual comic book origin of the rings, mm-hmm. it that's, that's way out there. And, and there's rumors that Fing Fang Foom's in the movie. So I mean, yeah. he's, if he's actually in the movie, then maybe they are going with the original origin of the rings. Do you know who Fing Fang Foom is, Doug? Nope. None of the stuff you guys are saying right now makes any sense to me. <laughs> so way out in the deep reaches of space, there's a planet. And the inhabitants of that planet are dragons. And them dragons occasionally came to Earth. And that's why we have... Myths about dragons. Fing Fang Foom, big ass green dragon, little purple shorts. <laughs> All right. 
It's like Godzilla wearing the Hulk shorts. He's really he's really infamous for wearing these weird tiny purple hot pants <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> you know, yeah, it was in, the sixties. Yeah, in the in the comic books, that's where the rings come from too. So there's a crashed uh Man, I cannot remember. Are they the Malkorians? I think that's what they're called. But basically, one of those dragon ships crashed. The Mandarin finds the crashed ship, and the rings he's wearing are actually just pieces of this ship. And each ring has a different power. You know, one of them can, like, control minds and one shoots, like, death rays and all this kind of craziness. But the idea is it's one of those weird things where it bridges the idea of um, technology that's so advanced it's just magic to everybody. So that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. He has 10 magic rings that totally aren't magic. They're just spaceship pieces. Yeah. Yeah. But I was a little dis- that's why I was always disappointed with Iron Man 3 is because the man... Mandarin could it could have been like an awesome. I mean, he's a big like Iron Man villain, and I was excited to see him in Iron Man three because it wouldn't be just a dude in another power suit like the first two movies, and then that turned out to be fake. That's why I was like, God damn it! Yeah, it's it's too bad we don't get him going up against Iron Man because he's that's the best contrast because mm. it's the idea of a uh, personal exceptionalism versus um, taking things that aren't yours, if that makes sense. Like Iron Man is technology based on his own mind versus the Mandarin, which is weird cult-esque spirituality based on these rings that he just found. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I guess at least we're getting them. (laughs) They're not just going to leave the fake Mandarin as you know their answer to it i i almost wonder if he's not going to be in the movie uh, oh ben kingsley yeah wasn't well, he technically dead according no. to that uh remember short at, film at the end of the short film they abduct him oh did they abduct him i couldn't remember yeah and tell him that they're taking him to meet the guy whose name he stole okay yeah. so and, so they that. might actually start this movie with the real Mandarin killing Ben Kingsley, which would be <laughs> wild. That'd be fun. Yeah, I just remember that dude pulling a gun out of that camcorder, so I couldn't remember if he actually killed him or not. <sighs> Good stuff. Just kind of excited that more Marvel movies are being announced since, you know, nothing's come out since Endgame, and that feels like forever ago. I mean, maybe we'll get a fucking Eternals trailer. That movie's fucking done. I don't. I can't yeah. believe there hasn't been a teaser for it. Yeah, and apparently Kumail started working out again because he's doing an he's doing a Star Wars property. So, I mean, it's crazy. The Eternals was supposed to come out before Shang Chi, right? I have no idea. I thought it was supposed to be the follow up to Black Widow. Originally, it's possible. Black Widow was supposed to come out sometime before I was born. I think it's been delayed for so long. <laughs> Fuck! Uh, I can't keep track of any of it anymore. I'm just like, when it comes, I'll watch it. They'll tell me. <laughs> They'll let me know. I just feel so bad. I wonder if they felt like they couldn't release it on Disney Plus. Like, I'm wondering if this is like, well, 
I mean, she's technically like the first MCU like like, you know, female superhero character that we have. Yeah. And she's finally getting her own movie. We can't just put it on streaming cuz I will feel like she's not getting what she deserves. It's a combination of like what you're saying also she's a beloved character that yeah. people it, don't want us to disrespect her at this point like everyone i don't know anyone who doesn't like that character and hasn't liked her since like iron man 2 like it's so that i think they just don't want to disrespect the character but now there's so much good stuff going on on disney plus that it sort of feels like it wouldn't be disrespectful to dump it there like it's, right. it's like oh well, she gets to be alongside falcon and the winter soldier that's not a bad place to be you know yeah also red guardian yeah red guardian which i'm excited about shitty really shitty know. captain america i don't really know much about uh red guardian i mean i know a little bit but Seeing David Harbour play him with such enthusiasm is like, all right, well, I'm already excited. <laughs> isn't he, is he supposed to be super soldier-y too, isn't he? Yes and no. Like kind of a, a Russian failed version of the super soldier serum or something is what I read. Well, I, if I remember correctly, no super soldier serum. So he's just, they, it was, it's almost like the, the lies and stuff during the space race. The Americans had a super soldier, so Russia needed a super soldier, so they made Red Guardian, who's this very trained, very skilled fighter and stuff who uses a similar shield to Captain America, but he's just a dude. Like he's just he's just it's all it's all propaganda. Yeah, it's all it's all propaganda and well, but he is a badass. That's the whole thing. He he legit is a badass. He's just not superhuman. Yeah, and we're getting the uh, blonde uh, Black Widow. Isn't is that part of the movie? Wasn't she supposed to be her sister or something though? Yeah, the other Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Taskmaster. I'm a huge fan of Taskmaster, so I'm interested to see uh, what they do with him in the movie. It, it will be super interesting to see. I don't know if they express his powers the way they work. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe he's a mutant. I don't know. Don't know. It's hard telling. Uh, all right. Anything else? I guess before we sign off. No, we're done here. Are you sure that we're done? John Walker killed the shit out of that guy. <laughs> killed him good. <laughs> Shield to the face. Uh. It's weird we don't know how to end the show because Brian's audio hasn't stopped working yet. <laughs> That's usually how we decide. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.